Right, hey, what's up everyone? Sam here, Wall Street Mastermind. And uh, today I have uh, another client interview for you guys. Uh, this time with, <clears throat> with my client, Edgar, who uh, recently you know, locked up his offer for investment banking, which is really exciting. And so I uh, wanted to get him on here to talk to you guys about his experience. And, uh, you know, I guess, Edgar, thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us today. Yep. Um, so, Edgar, I guess, uh, you know, before we dive in and kind of talk about uh, this journey of yours, if you could just kind of give people a quick download on kind of your background and your experiences coming in, like what type of candidate were you on paper uh, when we first started working together? Yeah, sure. Uh, so before we started working together, I um, was I was I was in my junior year. I previously was uh, recruiting for consulting. I ended up not choosing that path, so really didn't have any uh, IB experience uh, or didn't really understand the IB recruiting process uh, before. Um, I was able to land a couple of interviews, uh, you know, during the fall during the fall semester, but um, I wasn't able to get any or secure any summer offers that year. I really struggled with the interview process and, uh, you know, landing, you know, and being able to make uh, meaningful connections and uh, to, for networking purposes. So uh, it was really uh, difficult for me and um, definitely uh, needed someone to consult with uh, at all times, which is why I reached out to you. Got it. Got it. And so just to give our uh, listeners kind of an idea. So obviously, you know, you go to, you go to a target school, right? Uh, it's a, it's a public school, but it's a target school. Um, and, but your GPA at the time was kind of so-so, right? It was, it was around like a three. Yeah. I had a 3.4 when I was, uh, uh, in that recruiting uh, progress. Okay. Yeah. So it was 3.4 GPA, which probably made things um, a bit more challenging, right? Cause it's, uh, it's not horrible, but it's, below average relative to a lot of the other candidates. Mm -hmm. um, and then because you originally wanted to do consulting, so your experience, the experiences you had on your resume were mostly tailored towards consulting. Is that right? Yeah. What, what, what were some of the things you had on your resume? I think you had like a, you were really involved on campus in like a consulting club. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I was on a, you know, I, I was on a, I was in a consulting club on campus. Um, I wasn't in any finance club and the consulting club really didn't uh, you know, tailor people's uh, recruiting uh, advantages towards investment banking. And it was really consulting focused. And my sophomore year, I did a risk advisory internship at a big, a big four consulting firm, which also wasn't really relevant to investment banking. Mm, got it. Yeah. And you did that one abroad too, right? Like it wasn't here in the U S yeah. And which kind of, made it even uh, harder for me to talk about my experiences since it was abroad. Got it. Got it. Okay. So you had some experience on your resume, but nothing really finance oriented. Um, but even with that, um, it sounds like you were able to kind of <coughs> a bunch of interviews, right? Um, and actually before we even get to the interviews, so you originally wanted to do consulting and then like what made you want to switch over to investment banking? I think uh, this was a, it was a, I, I thought about it for a long time. I think consulting was really, wasn't really for me. I felt that 
that's making can potentially create a bigger impact. And also um, I, I felt that the potential career that that's making to was something I was more interested in than, you know, if I stuck with consulting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you like you, and you found out about banking through like just older friends and things like that or. Yeah. Just talking to people about what I really wanted to do uh, with my career post undergrad and, you know, they, a lot of people were, were talking about investment banking. So that's why I started considering it. And, you know, after doing, learning more about it, I really enjoy, I really thought I would enjoy it. And, uh, but, you know, getting, getting the offer was really difficult at the time. <clears throat> Got it. Okay. So then you started recruiting pretty late, right? You started recruiting, I guess, fall semester of junior year, which it's funny to say that it's late, but nowadays we all know, Recruiting starts as early as I guess the second semester of sophomore year, so you kind of missed out on all the earlier phases of recruiting when all the bulls bracket and elite boutique firms are recruiting. Is that right? Yeah. So most of my interviews were um, with regional boutiques and some, you know, some remaining middle markets that probably reopened one spot or two. So uh, the entire process was a mess for me. Right. Right. What were uh, what were some of the interviews that you were able to get? Uh, and and again, this was like even prior to you coming to me. So you got all of these on your own, right? Which is um, pretty 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 amazing, actually. But what were some of the firms that you had interviews with? Uh, just a couple of regional boutiques. Um, for the names, I can't come like I can't think of at the top of my head. But they were just <clears throat> regional boutiques in SF. They didn't really have a structured recruiting period. So when I reached out, they said. Um, they were interested, but again, they, I was, I wasn't able to land any and, uh, you know, they just, I just never heard back from a lot of them. Got it. Got it. How many total, how many total interviews would you say you had? Was I think like- it was around seven to eight. Um, I okay. think, um, uh, with one or two super days. Okay. Okay. So you had seven or eight interviews <clears throat> on the one or two super days, but then you didn't get any offers basically. Nope. Okay. So that process probably took what, like t- two months or something like that. Once you started recruiting, and then at the end of that process, once nothing panned out, that's kind of when you found me, right? Yeah. Um, so I think we first talked. I want to say it was like one of the last days of 2018. It was like December, yeah, was December, yeah. <laughs> December 28th or something like that um, during break, and so. I guess, you know, prior to coming to me, though, um, what were you doing on your own, like, as you were preparing for these, you know, seven or eight interviews that you had? Like, how did you go about preparing for that? Yeah, so before I came to you, most of my preparation was involved around uh, the advice that people gave and the advice that peers gave that, you know, aren't insider or aren't experienced people like uh, you. It was kind of varied and it was really inconsistent. So ultimately, I just did uh, what, you know, people say is really standard. Just memorize the 400 questions. Uh, But that kind of led me to be really, you know, mechanical during my interviews, questions. But And in terms of, uh, you know, reaching out, I wasn't really taking the right approach. I didn't really follow any sort of guidelines. I just sort of reached out for the sake of reaching out. And it didn't work as well as I thought it as well. I thought as well. So it was a pretty difficult process and it was, especially for someone, like I mentioned earlier, with, uh, with no finance club, 
involvements, it was really difficult for me. Mm, I see. Okay, so if we broke this down, <clears throat> the challenges you were having at the time were, again, <coughs> going back to your resume, <clears throat> I guess, obviously, you go to target school, which is good, but then your GPA was on the lower side, your experiences were all more consulting oriented and not really finance. <coughs> so the resume side kind of hurt you a little bit. But then on top of that, you're saying that when it comes to networking, like I guess the way to overcome the deficiencies on your resume would have been through networking, but then you didn't really know how to go about networking in a strategic or effective and an efficient manner. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it was, I kind of just, there wasn't any structure to my, um, you know, networking. I kind of just reached out through not, not consistently and with, with, very, very low efforts, no, you know, kind of just no motivation to actually network, but just to email, just to get my name out, which mm -hmm. wasn't, was, which wasn't really effective. So just kind of going through the motions because that's what everybody said you're supposed to be doing, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not being deliberate about exactly how you're doing it or what you're trying to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Got it. Do you remember, I don't know if you remember this, but like how many people would you say you had reached out to at that point from a networking standpoint? Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't really reaching out. Uh, again, like I mentioned, I wasn't really doing it at a really effective, uh, you know, way. I, I kind of reached out to like one or two people every week, which was definitely not enough. And <laughs> the people that I reached out to had no correlation with me whatsoever. So my uh, reply rate was pretty low too. I see. I see. Okay. Um, and so that was on the networking side um, and the resume side. But it sounds like, you know, fortunately for you, even even despite that, you got some interviews. But then on the interview side of things, uh, with the technical questions, so you just used the 400-question guide that a lot of people always use, right? Um, yeah. And what, did you just use that guide for the technicals or for the behaviorals as, as well? Uh, I used it for, you know, both. Okay. But again, I feel like those the behavioral part, uh, you still have to come up with uh, by yourself. And uh, at the time, I didn't know much about the industry, which is why a lot of my answers were really vague and um, kind of to the script rather than per really personal and really good behavioral answers. I see. So you basically, you took the answers that are in the 400 questions guide and <coughs> kind of just used, used it almost as, I mean, you try to probably, you know, put your own spin on it a little bit, but for the most part, it's pretty similar to what you read in the guide basically yeah. okay and i think i remember you telling me back then that um from there you basically would write your answers up and then you would like practice with your friends mm -hmm. um you would like you know time yourself to make sure that it's under a certain time limit mm -hmm. um and then your friends who i guess the friends that you were practicing with were friends who or maybe like a year or two older than you and had just gotten into banking themselves, right? Yeah. Got it. Yeah, okay. Just, all the things that uh, people were advising online, just, uh, but again, that caused my answers to be really mechanical and really uh, just super, it seems like it was really scripted rather than actually uh, what, saying what I meant. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Like you, you kind of, sound you sound the same as everybody else basically because you're just giving the standard cookie cutter answers from the interview guides 
And then I guess the other challenge is probably like different people, different older or upperclassmen probably giving you sometimes conflicting or different advice about the same answers, right? Yeah. There's a lot of that going on. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the challenge is that a lot of times people say, oh, I'll just, you know, go ask the upperclassmen for advice. And then, but what you have to realize is that with these behavioral questions, it's not like there's like a standard answer that's correct, right? It's not like a technical question where you either know the right answer or you don't. Like there's a a lot of different directions that you could take your answers in. And then also whether your answer is good or not is somewhat subjective, right? Because it's so open-ended. Yep. And so when you talk to different upperclassmen, if even if you give you know all of them the same behavioral answer or the same story, a lot of times so one person might tell you, "Oh yeah, this answer is great. Like you don't need to do anything about it." And then someone else would be like, "No, this answer is not good. Like this is what you need to change." And then it becomes really confusing in terms of well, who's actually who's actually right, right? Yeah. Um, and I think the reason why that happens though is because even these upperclassmen who are helping you, they're really not that far ahead of you, right? In terms of yeah. just their knowledge and their experience and know-how. Like, yeah, they just went through recruiting once, right? And maybe, you know, they successfully landed one offer <clears throat> and the lens with which they're viewing your answers through and with which they're giving you feedback through is just based on their own personal experience right or like their own personal opinion this is what worked for them except you're not necessarily like i mean you're not it's not you're not necessarily you're definitely you, everybody's different right like you're not the same candidate that they are and so something that worked for them personally may or may not work for you exactly and so you know i think what people don't realize is like when you get these when you get this advice from upperclassmen they're obviously trying to help you, but even the advice they're giving you is based on a sample size of one, right? It's what worked for one person versus for something like behavioral questions. What you really need is like, you want to know if your answers are, it's not a pass fail, right? It's not like a, you either have the right answer or you don't. It's you're being graded on a curve, right? You're being graded on a curve relative to the rest of the candidate pool. And so what you really need is a much larger sample size to base your kind of advice off of, right? Like you want someone who's seen a lot of different answers, interviewed a lot of different people who can actually help you calibrate your answers based on that sample size, as opposed to just like one person's experience, right? Because that, then you don't run into this. It's about uh, credibility, right? And, and, and the, uh, it's about like, how qualified is this person to actually give me advice? And is this advice actually accurate? Or mm -hmm. is this just kind of like one person's guess, basically, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So, okay, so you, you struggle with the behaviorals um, and, and the technicals. And then, um, so then, okay, at that point, you decided you tried that. You've gotten these interviews and you tried doing it your way. And then obviously didn't get any offers. Mm -hmm. And then so that's kind of when you came 
to washing Rashomon, right? Yeah. Okay. So then, like, what um, – how did you find washing Rashomon and, like, what what gave you the belief or what made you feel like, hey, this could be a better way of doing things than whatever it is that you have been doing up to that point? Yeah. So <clears throat> I heard about you guys um, mainly because a lot of people at my school – um, prior experiences working with you and also they were their mutual connections uh, LinkedIn and Facebook as well um, so you know when when I saw that this is uh, when I learned about this program just through you know the word of mouth I thought you know if, if the other people can get or can have good experiences and have great rewards with the program um, I should be able to do the same since you know we're all the same school and um, even though the circumstances for me were a little different I was a little later um, to want to do IB and to actually join the program. But um, I felt that um, it could definitely help me because my biggest problems were that I didn't understand the process well. I didn't, I wasn't able to answer the interview questions in a, in a you know, proper way. So I felt that these things, I needed someone with experience to guide me through those problems instead of just keep asking for advices. Um, like, like I mentioned earlier, the conflicting advices from upperclassmen. I, w- I wanted one person with experience, uh, you know, to help me through the process. And, um, you know, and to this day, it definitely worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, can you talk a little bit about what what's changed or what's been different with your approach since you joined Wall Street Mastermind? Like, how, like, how did the program help you or what did you, what did you start doing differently? Um, that ended up getting you, you know, a different result, I guess. Yeah, there are a lot of things, but I think um, the main ones were to start off, uh, just, you know, chronologically, I started off um, with through, with your guidance, uh, started networking properly. I actually sorted, you know, I actually put, spreaded everything, uh, all my contacts out. I took a more strategic approach uh, to looking for uh, potential uh, networking targets uh, I, I didn't just try to swing at, you know, uh, any, anybody who was available. I actually did it strategically, which worked out for me. Uh, in addition, uh, I started actually learning the tech, the, the true, you know, background behind all technical questions. I wasn't just memorizing off, you know, a kind of a piece of paper. I was actually understanding all the concepts behind it, which definitely helped me understand more complex case questions uh, during interviews. And then for behaviorals, especially, I started making it really personal to me. I, uh, you know, with, with my increasing understanding of investment banking, I felt that for behaviorals, I no longer needed to write everything down and memorize it. I could actually answer on the, on the fly and it would make a lot more sense since it is more personal that way. And yeah, just um, those three definitely helped a lot. And you just being there and answering all my questions, you know, and being available even after I graduated from the program, I, I was able to ask you questions and, you know, and you were always, uh, you know, there for me and responding really promptly. That definitely helped me a lot. So I'd say those are the main things that I did differently and that worked out for me. Got it. Got it. Okay. So got better at networking, took your technical knowledge to the next level. So it wasn't, it was no longer just about um, memorizing formulas and answers from the interview guys. You like, truly understanding and internalizing the concepts such that you, you, it's application knowledge. Like you were able to solve like complex case questions and things like that in interview settings. 
And then on the behavioral side of things, just having more personalized, more unique answers um, that weren't cookie cutter or generic. And also like, again, you weren't just like memorizing and reciting these answers. You were just like, you were able to be, it sounds like you were able to be a lot more conversational. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Got it. And also, I mean, this entire process, I mean, from when you came into the program up until we're in, I guess, mid August now. So that was like a seven to seven and a half month process for you. Right. Um, and then, so during that time, the other thing that we had to work on too was while you're prepping for all of these things, simultaneously helping you, um, improve your resume over time too, to make it more relevant for finance. Mm. Right. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like what, how has your resume changed since, uh, since when you first started, started the program? Yeah. I remember when we first started, you, uh, kind of urged me to apply for a part-time internship for the spring semester, which I did. And lucky enough to land one, um, during our first month working together, uh, you know, before the spring semester started. So that definitely helped, uh, you know, make something relevant on my resume. Then, uh, you know, that, was the, a, that was at a small regional boutique investment bank. Yeah, uh, it's just again a small regional boutique investment bank around San Francisco. Okay. Uh, and then <clears throat> after that, uh, uh, I was still looking for summer interests by that time, and uh, you 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 advised me to like maybe like check out corporate banking or something um, that's not the most relevant, but also more relevant than uh, you know any strategy or consulting roles. So I ended up uh, landing a corporate banking gig at a pretty big bank, um, you know, around the area as well, which uh, kind of, I wouldn't say is the most relevant to IB, but definitely has that, um, you know, definitely checks the finance experience list uh, on my resume. Yep. Yep. Okay. So then you did that. So that's what you ended up doing for your junior summer, right? Um, And then I guess ultimately, I guess we haven't talked about this, but probably what everybody wants to know is the final outcome, right? So obviously we wouldn't be interviewing you here if you weren't going to, uh, if you didn't end up in investment banking. So like, what are you, where are you going to be working um, as a banker? Yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be at a, one of my, um, but this is uh, before, before that I wanted to mention that I, I really was interested in joining a, uh, you know, elite boutique or leading middle market. And I was, I was able to land one. Um, you know, and land that gig uh, recently, and I'm pretty excited for it. Got it. Okay. And what 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 type of group is it going to be? Is it? Do you know like industry group, product group? Uh, yeah, it's going to be a coverage group, um, which is what I always was aiming for. Hopefully, tech coverage. Uh, haven't haven't um got a, I haven't been assigned yet to a certain group, but. If uh, coverage groups were what I was interested in, and uh, yeah, it was, it was able to work out really well for me. Got it. Okay, so we're gonna stay vague about it, but we'll, let's just say it's uh, one of the upper middle market, um, upper middle market banks. Yeah, out there, right? Like leading middle market firms. Think like you know Jeffries, Houlihan, Loki, Piper level type of bank um that everybody's heard of but um but and so that's that's that was like one of your top choices then yeah i definitely just wanted to work at a elite boutique or middle market or one of the leading middle market because you know multiple reasons and 
luckily I was able to land one, uh, one of my top choices. Awesome. Yeah, man, that's, uh, I'm super happy for you that, uh, you know, it all worked out for you. Obviously I know it was, a an uphill battle for you considering the circumstances and how late you started and just, um, the lack of experience, uh, at least lack of finance experience when you were first starting out, but you know, you always kept fighting and you kept kind of just overcoming every single obstacle one at a time. Right. And so, uh, absolutely deserving of, um, the success that you've accomplished and the outcome that you've achieved. And so, um, congratulations on, uh, on being able to do that. Um, I guess, you know, before we let you go, do you have any last minute advice for, you know, everybody else out there who's listening to this, who are, you know, still recruiting right now, or, you know, maybe they have, they're going through similar circumstances as you, like, what, what would you say to those people? Yeah, I'd say just, um, I, I, obviously there's going to be, um, things that you could do on your own, but I feel like with, with uh, Wall Street Mastermind's help, um, if obviously uh, Sam is going to provide uh, you with great resources and great advice, um, and definitely more would be more effective than doing it by yourself. Uh, but I feel like at the end of the day, it's, it's all about like you being able to make the effort to uh, actually want to, uh, I guess, get to uh, land the gig, and it's really dependent on your own efforts uh, along with uh, Sam's guidance, which is great, and also. Another advice is that um, I think this is why I thought made the program really amazing and really helpful for me was that uh, even though I graduated, finished all the modules, uh, Sam was always there for me to help, uh, you know, answer my questions really promptly and just help guide me as if I were still attending the program. And that's what really helped me because I landed my uh, offer after I graduated or not graduated, but after I finished all the modules. So technically, he wouldn't ha- even have to help me anymore, but he still did. Um, and, he, and he still treated me as if I was still, you know, in the program, um, you know, which definitely helped me a lot. And I feel like that was one of the biggest things I gained from the program. <clears throat> yeah, man. And I, I appreciate you saying that, Edgar. I mean, so, you know, I always tell all of my clients um, when they come on that, uh, you know, even after you guys are graduated from the program, I don't ever view my job as done until you've gotten your offer, right? Because ultimately that's the whole point of you coming to work with me. Right. And so sometimes, you know, people come to me, um, right before recruiting is happening and it only takes them like a few weeks to maybe a couple of months to land the offer. And so they're able to do that before they graduate from the program. But sometimes, you know, it takes people a lot longer, right? It took you seven months, eight months. Um, sometimes people come to me, you know, as early as freshman year, in which case it could take them, you know, a year and a half to two years. Um, but at the end of the day, like, it doesn't really matter to me how long it takes you guys to do it. Um, what real, The only thing that really matters to me is can we get you there or not, right? Because ultimately, yeah. if you don't get there, that that's like a failure on my part, right? And so... Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man, I'm super glad that I was able to help you get to this outcome. And look guys, like for those of you that are listening, you know, the other thing that Edgar just said that I really, really liked is that, you know, ultimately I think 
<clears throat> you have two options, right? When it comes to recruiting, you can do this on your own or you can get the help that you, uh, that you actually need. Right. And when you're trying to do something so competitive and so selective, you know, it's the top investment banks, uh, whether you're talking about elite boutiques or bulge brackets or middle markets, um, the acceptance rate is like 1% or less, right? And sometimes maybe like, depending on the firm, even if it's slightly higher, you're talking about low single digit percentage points, right? In terms of the percentage of the candidate pool that actually gets offers. So, you know, sometimes people, uh, I hear people say things like, um, well, if I, if I can't do this on my own, then I probably don't deserve to uh, be a banker anyway, or this is probably not the right job for me anyway. To me, that's just, that's crazy talk, right? Because, you know, nobody would, like, for example, like nobody would ever tell um, an athlete who's trying to make it to the pros that, you know, if they can't make it to the pros on their own, then they, they shouldn't bother trying, right? All athletes, that you know have gone to college, played Division One sports, and they eventually made it to the NBA or the NFL or whatever. They've all had coaches along the way. They've had trainers. They've had plenty of people helping them. And I use that analogy because you know the percentage of athletes who actually make it to the NBA or the NFL from college is about one to one and a half percent, right? So it's like that's like in line with what the acceptance rate is for investment banking. And so, you know, you can try to, you know, be a, be a tough macho man and, and say, Oh, I'm going to do this on my own. If I can't do it, then I don't want it. But ultimately like there's no shame in getting the help that you need. And for something so important, uh, as important as your career, which is like, there are a few things in life I can think of that are, going to be more more important than having a fulfilling and satisfying career when it comes to your happiness like there's just there's no margin for error right you should you should take your take your best shot at it and the way to do that is to get the best help that you could possibly get right and so you know and that and the other thing too that Edgar mentioned is like hey like getting the help doesn't mean that like I'm not telling you that if you just get the help you need then this is going to be a lay down, right? This is going to be a, a, a like easy peasy. Like that's not how it works. Like Edgar had to work his ass off regardless, right? Like I'm not just handing this job to you on a silver platter. Like you're still going to, you know, going back to the athlete analogy, like as the coach, I can give you all the best strategies and game plan to set you up for success. But if you don't show up, you don't go to practice, you know, you don't put in the work if when you're actually in the game or in this case, the interview, you don't actually execute that. And you don't, you know, you don't score, you don't score the, you don't score the goal or you don't hit the shot or whatever, whatever analogy you want to use, you're not going to win the game. Right. So at the end of the day, um, you're still the most important variable in this, but it's just that, you know, when you're blindly trying to figure this out on your own, you're just guessing, you know, you're trial, you're doing trial and error and, like you make a lot, lot of mistakes along the way and uh, it's inefficient and it's ineffective and you're wasting opportunities, right? Versus if you just knew exactly how to go about it and how to do things the right way the first time, um, you can skip all of that, right? You, you can learn from uh, the trial and error that I've already done on your behalf with all of my other clients before you, right? So 
Um, it just saves you a lot of pain, saves you a lot of, um, a lot of time too, especially if you're someone like Edgar who started late in the process and you need to, the, the most important thing for you is to, you know, accelerate your preparation process and just be as efficient as possible. Then, you know, you got to reach out and, and get help. Right. So if that resonates with you guys, um, and you feel like, you know, this is the type of help that you need and you know, you want to get the type of result that Edgar has been able to get, um, then I would encourage you to reach out. Um, and the first step to do that would be to schedule a free strategy session, um, with me. And so you can do that by going to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Okay. But the street in Wall Street Mastermind is abbreviated. So street is abbreviated to ST. So it's wall ST mastermind.com slash apply. And this initial strategy session is on the house completely free. Um, not here to sell you anything. All we're going to do is help me understand your situation and where you're at currently and what it is that you're having challenges with. And, you know, I can't promise every single one of you that I'm going to be able to help you. In fact, I'm telling you right now, um, I won't be able to help every single one of you because there are just way too many of you out there who need help. And I only have a limited amount of time. But, um, with that said, you know, I will only help you if I know I can absolutely get you the outcome. Right. And so that's the good news. And if I can't, or if I don't feel like I'm confident I can do that, then I'm not going to tell you I can, but I will still give you whatever advice I can give you, you know, based on what you tell me. Um, and I'll still tell you like what I think I would do if I were in your shoes. Right. And so, you know, you've got nothing to lose by having this conversation. Um, Worst case scenario, you walk away with some useful advice, which will hopefully um, help you make some progress. Best case scenario, you're a great fit, and um, and I'm very confident I can help you get the job. In which case, you know, we can get started right away, and, uh, you know, because time is of, of the essence, right? It always is when it comes to recruiting. So the sooner we can get you an offer, the better the offer is going to be. That's just how it works with custom banking. So anyway, that's my little spiel. So if you guys are interested, Feel free to book a call with me. With that said, Edgar, um, thank you so much for uh, coming on here today to, you know, share your experiences with everyone and talk to them about your journey. And uh, again, congratulations on achieving this uh, phenomenal outcome. You know, you're now in the top 1%, so to speak. So congratulations on that. And uh, I look forward to obviously staying in touch with you. Um, as you, you know, start out your career in investment banking and, uh, you know, following along, uh, to see what else you're able to accomplish going forward. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for all the help. And again, just to add on to what you, uh, Sam said earlier, uh, it doesn't matter when you start the program. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, me being this late or if you start freshman year, it'll all be really helpful. And again, he'll always like be, be, be there to help you until you actually land the offer. So. You know, so it doesn't matter when you start or, you know, how, how accomplished you are before when you start. Yep. Yeah. I, I, as I tell people, because I'm going to support you until you're done getting the offer, um, the sooner you start, the more beneficial it is for you, actually, right? Because you're just getting more help from me, right? And so, um, yeah, man, thanks again, Edgar, for coming on here. And uh, 
you know, I'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. See you. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. That'll be it for today. And uh, we'll be back with uh, more client interviews uh, in the coming weeks. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye.